Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whisker Wear Apparel, along with Chuck Davidson and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes. Tonight we're going to be discussing tournaments, tournament rules, uh, things you can change, things you can't change. We're going to talk about uh, what's uh, took place over the weekend and just have a good time talking about catfishing. How's it going, Chuck? Great, man. It's hot. It's almost 90 degrees here. Um, you know, right here on the lake where I live, the uh, boat traffic hasn't been as bad as it has been the previous years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the lake above us and the, the pool below us, they, they're really blowed out. I mean, at all times, you can count 30 boats. Um, so it, there's a lot of boat traffic. I hadn't even tried to put mine in the water this weekend. I've got every other weekend I can get out. There's no use in getting out and all this stuff. Well, yeah, and, and uh, if you're like we are, you've got uh, pleasure boaters and sail boaters and sea doers and all that stuff going on, and and uh, you know that's uh, that that's part of, of fishing lakes and rivers and stuff. And, and uh, as long as they're courteous, uh, everybody gets along fine. But every once in a while, you run into one of those guys that are not, and, and uh, you just kind of got to deal with them and go on. Yeah, most of the time it's you know it's, it's the younger generations that you know where they're out here on these supercharged jet skis and you know their their family just says cut out you know and they just get to get to get out there on the water and do what they please and they're, they're really unsafe they haven't been you know don't have the time on the water um, you know and they they're really not very courteous they're just out there not thinking just having a good time. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and kids will be kids, and they'll learn as they grow older. But uh, a little bit of instructions from uh, older family members will go a long way to, to how they behave and stuff. I know I've mentioned this before, but years ago, Cindy and I was fishing up on Truman on the Osage Arm one time, and a and a kid come around us, and and we was uh, actually just out of the channel, and he come up there where we was fishing and was doing circles around us on his sea dudes thought it was really funny and we rolled our stuff up and he didn't realize that that other boat we had would run like it did and by the time he got back to the ramp I was right on him and uh, he jumped out and run up to to his dad which come down there and we had a little conference uh, nothing nothing real major but you know uh, just just teaching them kids right from wrong and things you do and things you don't will go a long way with them and some of them will never get it but most of them do and uh, they're out there to have a good time on the water, and, and I'm all for that. But when somebody's trying to fish, you don't just agitate them. How's it going tonight, Doc? I see you're back with us. You're having a little issues with the Internet, I suppose. Yeah, there's something going on. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Well, we'll, take, we'll keep you as long as we can, and, and uh, if something happens that uh, we lose you, we'll just pick up and go on. Okay. Uh, how was your weekend, Doc? Uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, did a little bit of fishing. Didn't catch anything. Drowned at a bunch of bait. <laughs> so. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys something that that um, is it was new to me, and, and uh, I, I wanted to mention this because it was was a pretty cool deal. Uh, here. Oh, a week or two ago, and I'm looking for my note. I've lost my note. Uh, a week or two ago, uh, I was talking with uh, Bink Fox, and uh, 
Of course, Bink and I talk every once in a while, and, and he had some information for me. He had fished the area that we fished on the Mississippi River uh, a few years ago and was very familiar with what we had, and, and he knew that this area was going to be a channel cat tournament. Basically, you know, there's flatheads in there, but uh, no blues above the Keokuk Dam. And he told me, he recommended that I contact Jason Stanfield with Catfish Candy. And uh, Jason has uh, this business, Catfish Candy, and, and they're not a sponsor of me or the show or nothing else. But Bink told me, he said those shad guts that those guys sell uh, would be great to try in this tournament, Ben's it was basically a channel cat tournament. And, uh, you know, I've heard about this stuff. I know Calvin Myers uses it and some other guys use this stuff. And, and they, was, uh, they have been excited over the years about where to get it and where to find it. And uh, this, this guy goes up to, I believe it's Lake Erie. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but it's one of the lakes on the Great Lakes. And, and he was telling me he gets these giant shad. And, uh, of course, they sell the shad, too, but, but he takes the guts out of them, and they package them, they freeze them, and they ship them out frozen. And uh, I had him send me some of this stuff because I wanted to try it because I'd always heard how great a channel cat bait it was, and I'd never used any of this stuff, and I thought this would be the ideal time to try this. Is predominantly, we was going to be going after channel cat. So... I got this box in the mail the other day, and it's probably a foot square. And uh, inside this box is one-inch insulation all the way around it, top, bottom, uh, all the sides. And it had four of the freezable ice packs like you take in your lunch. Uh, had two in the bottom and two on the top and four of these tubs of shad guts. And then they put packing peanuts in there with them. Now... Uh, I, I He sent this stuff out on Monday. I received it on Wednesday uh, through FedEx. It was still frozen. Uh, this guy has a great product if you use um, Shad Guts for Channel Cat. I know that they're a great product. I know guys catch a lot of fish on these. This, this stuff was packaged so well frozen hard and it was still frozen hard when we got it uh, I actually Saturday I put it in the freezer when it got here and Saturday morning when we got to that tournament I had to pull it up out of the cooler and set it on the deck of the boat to get it to finish thawing out so we could actually use it now I, I'm going to recommend that anybody that is interested in shad guts or any frozen shad products to contact Jason Stanfield with the Catfish Candy Company. He do, goes out of his way to make sure this is a premium quality bait for you to use. He'll freeze it the day they harvest it and he will make sure that it's frozen when it gets to you. It's a very good product, and if you guys are using this stuff, uh, that's uh, I would recommend that you t visit with him about about using it. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys either want to use this stuff or not, but I was impressed with with the bait quality and, and the service that I got from from Jason. Chuck, have you ever used any of it? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, 
you know, when I'm out on the river sometimes, when I'm trying to get some uh, some unders in the boat, I'll actually, you know, put some shad guts on. Um, usually don't downside the hooks. I'll just downside the baits with some, you know, shad guts, and they, they seem to work very well. Yep. Doc, have you ever used any of that stuff before? He must be froze up again. Janet sent me a message on Facebook, Chuck, and she says that that uh, uh, Catfish Candy and, and Jason are, are sponsors of theirs. Uh, I was thrilled when they told me about this because, you know, a lot of times when we get bait, uh, it's small bait. It's not uh, shad, especially, not nearly the size. I would have to cut and gut uh, several of the baits that we get and we use to get guts uh, to the to the amount of what they ship me. It, it was just a, a really great product and it was very well packaged. Like I say, when you can get it three days after it's shipped and it's still frozen, the guy knows how to how to get that stuff to you through packaging. It, it was a really outstanding deal and, and uh, I was impressed with uh, everything about dealing with him. So if you guys need some shad guts or if you need frozen shad, if you're having trouble getting bait, the company is Catfish Candy, and the guy's name is Jason Stanfield. You can find them on Facebook. They have a website. They got all the stuff. Check them out. Tell them we sent you down there. He done an outstanding job for me, and I see him no different with somebody else. So, Chuck, you didn't fish a tournament this weekend. You was out with your brother in his boat. Is that correct? Yeah, he came by today, and we just uh, I haven't been out in his new little uh, fishing ski he bought for his family. Um, and we, you know, we designed him some rod holders uh, for the back where he won't have to drill no holes by using the seat post and some cleats. Um, so you know, he'll be he'll be catfishing out of it pretty soon. But I didn't get my I didn't get my boat in the water at all. I didn't put a line in the water this weekend. Oh, okay. Well, you know, just a boat ride sometimes is okay too. <clears throat> oh yeah, you know, uh, there's nothing good. wrong with that. No, just kick, you know, this weekend was, uh, you know, pretty much all about family and, and get, doing some catching up with Leanne. I've been working and, and uh, running off of these tournaments so much, we haven't spent, spent very much time together. So I made it a point that these past couple of days, you know, that me and her spend a lot of time together. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm sure she appreciates it. One other thing I want to mention before we get uh, wound up going into the show is, um, the other day we had uh, Brad on the show talking about the catfish advocates, um, the, the Bay Catfish Advocate deal. Guys and gals, if you haven't had a chance to get on their site and, and fill out that form to help protect these fish, please take a few minutes and do so. These guys need your help so bad out there, and it only takes about 30 seconds <clears throat> to do this. So go to the Bay Catfish Advocates page. You can access it through Facebook. You can go to their website. Complete the form on this and fill that out and help these guys save that fishery. That is a wonderful place to go fishing. There's no reason for these guys to take that away from any of us. Um, it, it, it only takes a minute. It, it is something that we all should do, and it just takes a second. So... Uh, please take a, take your a few minutes and, and jump on there and help these guys out. We all 
are in the same boat. It doesn't matter if you're from Maryland or if you're from Virginia or if you're from Indiana or Ohio or Missouri. It makes no difference. When the catfishing community needs our help, we all got to jump in there and help them out. So please, please take a second and, and make that happen for us. Uh, Chuck, I, I want to go over a few things tonight with um, tournaments and, and rules and different things and uh, make sure that, that people understand what is expected when you go to these tournaments. Um, a lot of people go to, the, to fish these tournaments and, and for guys that think they're going to make a living out of fishing catfish tournaments, they're probably mistaken because I don't know of anybody that makes a living fishing them. It's uh, what it is, is it's a fun venue and once in a while you'll hit a lick. You know, we fish these because we enjoy the fishing. We fish these because uh, we enjoy the competition factor and, and it's a fun event for everybody. And when we go to these tournaments and things, these rules that are in place for these are set into effect and they're the same for everybody. So it doesn't matter if you're over the limit on fish or if you're un, you know, whatever the rule be, everybody has to abide by these. And, and I think that is, is something that's important. People need to be a lot more concerned about uh, the quality of tournament directors. And, and there's only a few tournament directors that, that I refuse to fish their tournaments because they are uh, not after it for the right reasons, but the guys of most, most 99 of them do it because they enjoy it. They do it because it's, it's something uh, that will help promote the sport and for all the right reason. But there is one or two that, that, that do it just for money. And, and uh, you know, you, one of the things that, that I have, have said for a long time is, uh, it costs so much money to do these tournaments that if the guy holding them breaks even, uh, it, it's great. If he actually makes a couple of dollars on us, nobody should say anything about that because unless you've done that job, you have no idea how much work, time, and effort is money is put into it. So uh, I don't have any problem with somebody making a few dollars doing it. I don't have any problem with them guys uh, breaking even but you can't expect a guy to lose money week after week after month after month and, and not at least try to make a couple bucks or break even. So um, one of the things that, that I am very concerned with, and I'm not sure how you guys feel it, about it, but there is hundreds of tournament clubs all over the United States. Uh, and one of the things that really bothers me has come up is is memberships to these tournament clubs. Now, we fish in probably six to eight, maybe more states in tournaments a year. And if we had to pay a membership to every organization that's putting on tournaments, I wouldn't be able to do it. You just couldn't do it. Even at $25 or $30, whatever the, the, the case is. If there's a membership fee, the membership fee should be for an organization that all of the clubs can belong to to unify rules and things like that. A membership fee to fish a certain tournament group is just absolutely ridiculous because uh, we probably fish 10 or 15 different organizations 
And if I had to spend $25 a year to each one of them so I could fish one or two of their tournaments, I couldn't do it. And that's why we have boycotted some of the tournaments for the last several years is for stuff like that. that that's just silly uh, for these, these organizations to do that, in my opinion. Yeah, if, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they, they want to use it for a classic or a championship at the end of the year. So the anglers give it as a bonus you know, so the anglers won't have to come out of pocket as much and have a bigger purse for that. But, you know, a lot of guys can't fish, um, you know, every tournament of a trail or enough to even get into the classic. Um, you know, the guy, the guys that are, uh, you know, fishing for points or fishing to get into the uh, the championship for classic. You know, it should be um, optional. Um, you know, if, if you put it that way, for guys you know, to do it. You know, if, if I drive up and I fish, a, uh, you know, East East Tennessee tournament or if I go down and fish one of the, the Hilljack tournaments or something and I'm only able to make one of their tournaments and to fish that one tournament I have to pay a membership fee, you know, that's really a waste. I agree. I agree. You know, and and uh, like I say, uh, some of the – the uh, bigger organizations have them. Some of the smaller organizations have memberships, and that's fine for their local people. But uh, if I was to travel to Alabama to fish with you in a tournament and I had to spend $25 to be a member of whatever club is holding that, I wouldn't come. I wouldn't care what the payout is because I don't think it's fair. Like I say, if, if there's going to be a membership fee then we need to organize a group like Bass or something like like BASS to where all the clubs can be a member of that organization and you can unify the rules and, and everything be semi the same no matter where you go. And that organization should get a membership fee and it should also be... Um, the members, the, the clubs should have to be members, and the and the entries, uh, people the, that enter the tournament should could be a member of that too. And then you could have a true national championship throughout the United States instead of some guy just coming up and say, "Hey, I've been doing tournaments for years, and this is going to be a national championship." Well, it's not. If you're not nationwide, if you don't include every group that fishes then you're not a national championship. You're just calling it that, and it means nothing to anybody except you. And the reason it means something to you is because you're taking money and putting it in your pocket. That's just the way it is. Yeah, some of these bigger clubs that have the uh, memberships, um, the, the larger trails, uh, I don't know if they use it for an administration fee or what, but, you know, they have people that work in the office, and I believe a lot of that money may go to them. Um, you know, but $25 a person. And I looked at one of the larger trails. They they have it broke down on – they keep up with the points for everybody. I think last year they had like 500 different people fish their tournaments. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and everybody paid a $25 membership fee. You know, that's about $12,500. Um, so that, you know, that ends up being – you know, a pretty good chunk of change for administrative fee. 
Well, it does, and they're like I say, there's no reason to do that. It's just silly. Uh, they're, as the way it looks to me, and I don't have any way substantial of this. We run tournaments for years. We done it because we enjoyed it when it quit being fun, and we got Alex to do it, and Alex is doing a bang up job, doing a, doing as good a job as anybody could ever ask for. But there would never be anything like that. It was never about making money for us. We done it because we wanted to see the sport grow. We wanted to have fun, and it got to the point where it was no longer fun because we couldn't run the tournaments and fish them both. And that was the reason behind it because at the time there was only a limited amount of tournament trails uh, in our area, and we had to go so far to fish some. So we decided to do that. Uh, now there's tournaments everywhere, so we don't ha we wouldn't have to do that. But the you know there's a couple of of of, of tournaments this year that I really, really want to fish. And I have went to the point of filling out the paperwork to join and be a member of these things, and I can't self-do it. And, and I really want to fish three or four of these tournaments. And I just will not do it. Uh, there's some tournaments that would be pre-fishing for one of the big tournaments. They have tournaments in that area down there. I would love to go down there, even though the entry fees are extremely high for a local tournament. I would still do that, but I won't pay the membership fee to do it. And I can't believe that they would require that for people traveling those distances and only be down there one or two uh, times a year. That's, I just I just don't agree with that whatsoever. Yeah, there's um, I, I know some guys, you know, and, and we're, you know, we know one of them very well. Uh, you know, they've been doing bass tournaments for years and, and getting into the catfishing here and there, but. Um, I don't think he has ever really made money on a tournament. Um, you know, he, he's pretty much gone in the hole doing this, you know, trying mm -hmm. to, to, you know, to, to build his uh, his presence better, you know, having better stages, um, you know, having his guys wear, um, you know, company shirts, you know, to look real business-like. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it. He, he's – but, you know, he's had $10,000 uh, – guaranteed giveaways at bass tournaments you know and end up leaving with you know two hundred dollars in his pocket after the weekend's over with that, that's exactly uh, right and that 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 right there was uh you know pretty much what he put in the tank getting there so yeah uh, then you turn around and and say well look how far bass has been ahead uh and and then the catfish guys expect uh you know to fish these trails without uh you know the, these tournament directors keeping any money. You know they want they want to see 100 percent payouts, and you know we can't even get that in bass fishing around here, much less you know catfish. Well, one of the things that people don't understand when people say, "Oh, we're paying 100 percent payout," well, they don't know what what goes into it. Uh, they have no idea how many people send money in. They don't know what the sponsorship uh, amounts are, so there's no way you can say 100% payout. And I'm telling you, I've done tournaments for nine years. It is extremely hard to spend that kind of time and effort for nothing. Now, we did it. We took all of our money, and, and out of the 20%, we paid for all the expenses for any advertising cost, any, you know, if we needed printer paper to print flyers, whatever it was, that come out of that 20% money. Anything that we needed as far as tables, uh, PA systems, which with the last one we had donated to us, but anything that you needed, scales, 
uh, tubs to carry fish in, whatever you needed, come out of the 20% money. And at the end of the year, whatever was left, we bought year-end prizes with. And, and it worked out, you know. And we had, uh, at the, for several years, Dave Ashby would match with us or donate prizes no. to give out. And uh, that worked out really good. Dave's a good guy. He supports a lot of tournament trails. But him, like anyone else, can only support so many. You know, uh, a lot of these guys that are that are uh, supporting some of these tournament trails, uh, these guys uh, are on everybody all the time. They want you to support their trail. And, and believe me, everybody would love to do all of them. But there comes a point when you can only do so many, and it doesn't matter what business you are or who you are or how big you are. Uh, there comes a time when you can only do so much, and and people have to understand that that there is a limit to what can be done. But any prizes and stuff, uh, there was some issues with a guy running tournaments several years ago. Uh, I was involved with this thing, and I know for a fact that it happened. You'd send them prizes out there, and uh, and, and you'd have other guys that, that ordered stuff from you, and they would say, well, just send it to this guy, and I'll pick it up. Well, they people never got their stuff, you know, and where is that at? It's at probably at his house or at his boat or wherever it's at, you know, and, and you've got to pick honest tournament directors. These guys that claim they're the biggest and the baddest, and they've been doing it for how many every years, and and uh, they're having 10 or 15 uh, boat entries, well, there's a reason why that is, and those are the people that we need to, to stay away from. If they don't, if the tournament director has a set of rules and he does not make each participant abide by them rules, uh, it's a really good chance that people should stay away from that guy because he that's the kind of places where you get all this turmoil and crap going on that shouldn't be going on in tournaments and and things that looks the whole makes the whole situation look bad so that's you know I don't go to them kind of guys I don't fish their tournaments I don't support them in any way and, and if somebody asks me about it I tell them why if they don't I don't I don't bring it up but uh, if if the tournament director is not trustworthy, there's no reason to be fishing his tournaments. I don't care who it is. Exactly. One of the another thing is that uh, I wanted to to mention this, and I jotted a lot of this stuff down because I knew I'd never remember it. But when you sign an entry form to a tournament, you are agreeing that you are releasing that tournament and that organization and that person individually, you are releasing them from liability in case something happens to you. You also are agreeing that you know the rules, you've read the rules, and you agree to abide by them rules, no matter what the rule is. Uh, most of the tournaments that we fish have a rule in them for no alcohol or illegal substance being used, and the guys that are you using um, lie detector test to determine uh, the top how many ever boats that should be the number one question asked on that lie detector test the number one question if they're doing anything illegal if they're breaking any rules if they're using any alcohol or illegal substances the number one question should be asked on those license on the lie detector test and and, and these guys are that they complain about rules and stuff. I just want to go over a couple of things here. Um, a few years ago, we was in a tournament, and the weigh-in 
was 106 degrees at 3 o'clock in the afternoon way in. And a friend of mine come in. He had two small fish in the boat. They weren't really small, but they wasn't winning fish. He knew they wasn't winning fish. He brings those in to weigh in, and his live well pump had quit or it had run out of water, whatever the case may be. He lost his two fish. He come in and disqualified himself because he knew the rule said no dead fish would be weighed and tried for a long time to find somebody to give those fish to so they would go to waste. He, he knew what the rule said. He'd done the right thing. That's what everybody should do. Uh, uh, Doug, another friend of mine, and, and everybody knows Doug. He come in one time and was in a weigh-in line. When he opened his box, he didn't call enough fish. He had one fish over the limit. He disqualified himself in the entry line, entry weigh-in line because he had broken a rule, even accident. He shouldn't have done it. He, he just miscounted his fish. He disqualified him and his partner right then. And that is the way you take care of that issue. You know you've made a mistake. You just fess up to it and go on. And he had gained the respect from that from everybody that knows him for doing that the right way. It, it, it just, that's the way it's supposed to be. If you got too many fish in a live, well, you, you know you're over. Last year, we was in a tournament in St. Louis, and a friend of mine, boat broke down. He broke down at the confluence of the Missouri and the Mississippi River. And uh, we was in our tracker with a small boat motor, and we wasn't going to be in the money in that tournament. This guy had a legitimate chance of winning the tournament and a legitimate chance of big fish in that tournament. We hooked onto him and started pulling him to the ramp as fast as I could get him there. We got him there two minutes late. He didn't get to weigh his fish. I felt worse about it probably than he did, but the rules say you have to be there at three o'clock if you're at 301 you're late so it doesn't matter what the reason is that you're late if you're late you can't weigh fish and I do believe that every tournament has a rule similar to that in them so uh, when somebody says well we need to amend the rules because the wind picked up or whatever it's the same for everybody it's the same for everybody you know what time you got to be there if the wind's bad or if your boat breaks, you make arrangements to get in the best way you can. That, that's you can't. Once a tournament starts, fellas, you can't change those rules because something has happened. The rules are the same. It doesn't matter if there's 40 boats or if there's 400 boats. You can't, in the middle of a tournament, change the rules because somebody made a mistake and didn't get back in time. It just don't work that way. That's just the way it is. So I, I don't understand it. it. just It's just silly. And and Seth, the, the reason for the $25 that, that I object to that is because we fished too many different tournament uh, series, and I'm not going to pay a tournament fee, $25 membership fee, to Cabela's and Bass Pro, 
and to Alex's tournament and to Brad Kilpatrick's tournament and to George Jones, whoever it is, I, I would be broke trying to pay all the membership fees. Uh, if it's fifty, I don't, I don't care if it's five dollars. I'm not going to do it. It's just that simple. There's no reason to have a membership fee to a tournament organization. There, nobody done it at, for years, and all of a sudden, some of these guys want to put extra money in their pocket, and and it's just crazy. There, there's no. I'm not going to do it, you know, and and if it was, like I say, if it was an organization that covered all of the tournament series and all of them tournaments was a member of that organization, I would do that. But I'm not going to pay $25 to each different tournament series that we fish. We just fish too many of them, and, and I'm not going to do it. It's just that simple. It's just, that's just ludicrous. I can't imagine why anybody – uh, would disagree with that because uh, by the time you get done, you're you're a member of of ten or twelve, fifteen different organizations, and if each one of them charge you twenty five dollars, that's two hundred fifty dollars you could have spent gas to get to them tournaments. So uh, that's not for me. Uh, let's see where we at here. Church tackle planer boards yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, Saturday. We was out on the Mississippi River in some fairly decent current. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, uh, really bad, but it was bad enough. But the walleye board, I believe it's a TX twenty two. Didn't we discuss that, Chuck? Yeah, I, I seen. I looked them up while ago. The the TX twenty two and the one that says walleye. Um, they cost the same, but I'm, I don't know the difference in them. So they may be two different boards. One's like three dollars difference. Yeah, we was using big chunks, body sections of big shed. We used big head sections of shed and six ounce weights. And that planer board was perfectly visible no matter how far out you you took it. It didn't make any difference. You could see it without the flag. I never raised a flag on one. They work extremely well. We talked about that a few shows back. If you guys are interested, that was not the big board, the, the TX44. We didn't put it out yesterday or Saturday. We did not use it. So uh, there's no question in my mind that if you're in heavy current and you're dragging baits or you're on a current situation to have uh, – uh, 16 ounces or so on a big big uh, chunk of cut bait it would be it would be fine to use that you would have no problems Vince just sent us a message on the chat that the current update on the Bay Advocates forums uh, the uh, Bay Advocate catfish people have signed up is up to 391 they need 500 so you guys get a chance uh Go ahead and and uh, jump in there. That, that doesn't. That's that's. We need to get that done. Yeah. If everybody would go to uh, the Bake Catfish Advocate page, uh, go look up the form. Uh, there's a couple of posts that has it, and share a couple of those posts, um, and explain what it's for. So all of your friends will know what it's for and how much it means then they will go spend 30 seconds to fill it out and it will make a huge difference. Um, I mean, it may come down to five, you know, and, and at the last minute you just can't, can't say, wow, I wish I would have did that. I mean, it's too late then. 
Well, I, I, I'm sure Vince will let us know when he had told me, but they're down to just a few days uh, of getting this done. So we really need to get that, that put together uh, to get everybody signed up on that. They're down to a few days or a few weeks. Uh, it's, there's not much time left. They need 500 people signing that in the next two weeks. It's at 391. So come on, guys, jump in there and, and make this happen for them guys. I wish Doc wasn't having so much problems staying online. He's uh, he's, he's really fighting it. He's in and he's out, and, and uh, he's struggling with his Internet service tonight, but that goes on from time to time, and and uh, we'll just have to make it happen. But we'll, we'll get him in there, and, and uh, hopefully he get things lined out to where he can be on the show for his tips and tricks later on tonight, and, and we can get all that done. Well, what have you got tonight you want to talk about, Chuck? Um, you know, mostly I was wanting to go over the Bay Catfish Advocate. Um, you know, make sure everybody understood it if they wasn't airing the show that we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, that's very important, and it's it's coming down to it. Within We don't have very long, a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, and everybody needs to get on it. Uh, the sooner the better. Uh, they're, they're hauling truckloads of catfish out of there as we speak. Um, you know, and uh, that, that fishery has got to be stopped of this uh, of these acts, or it's going to be wiped out really quick. That's exactly right. And and the thing that blows my mind about that is is the fact that they're allowing these guys by get, take them out by any means, electric shocking and nets and gill nets and and, and what well, like I said the other day on the show gill nets will get every kind of fish that's in that water and the way they work is if the fish swim through them them squares in that net and they get hung in a gill anytime you mess with a fish's gills you're messing with the way it gets its oxygen it's probably not going to survive so if you think that that's the way to get rid of the catfish consider the fact that all your stripers and all your uh other gill fish, which is every fish, everyone that gets in that net's probably going to die, whether it has anything to do with their uh, trying to catch catfish or not. So uh, they need to really get on that and uh, get that stopped. That's just, it, like I said, it's just crazy to try to do so. I don't know what them people out there are thinking, but uh, well, they're not. They're not thinking. Yeah, on this. Uh you know, the all the tournament directors getting together and trying to get, um, you know, some, some joint rules um, because there's a lot of guys that start now, and it, it's very confusing. Um, you know, when you read these rules that everybody says, well, it's almost like everybody else is almost isn't good enough. The stuff that's different is, um, you know, stuff that should be the same. Um, I know a lot of people have a lot of places have different, um, you know, krill limits, you know, stuff like that. But you know, we've got to get get the basics down and have them the same all over. Um, you know, it's going to be very important. You know, bass fishing don't have when you go to these bass tournaments, you know what the rules are when you show up. Everybody's the same. Right. Um, you know, cat catfishing don't need to exactly follow and, and model after bass, but they do need a set of standard <clears throat> rules 
um, you know, for everybody. That's exactly right. Um, one, one of the things that people have forgotten is that when the when BASS started back in the 70s, they had a bunch of really quality people set up all their paperwork and all their rules and stuff, and they got all this put into place, and it's been going for 50 years. You know, uh, they've got it down to a science. They've done a really good job of doing it. And we are behind that much technology that they got up there. Now, uh, if we could get something like that put together, and several of us has tried a couple of different times to do this, and we can't get uh, the support uh, because it takes money, and, and uh, it just does. But until there is an organization similar to that for catfishing, uh, this crap like this uh, adding these membership fees to each different organization is going to keep growing and, and there's no reason for that and and you need a standardized set of rules uh i would love to see whether it whether it is in their area or not i would love to see every tournament director say hey we're going to support the 34 inch rule and you can have two over and the rest under if you have three fish limit or if you have a five fish limit <coughs> Even if those rules aren't affecting your state, I would love to see the tournament directors come together and say, this is the right thing to do. We need to put this in effect to help the the tournaments. Now, I'm uh, very avid with the Missouri Department of Conservation. They drag their feet worse than anything I know. They know that Missouri, on our rivers, we need that 34-inch rule. They put it in effect on Truman Lake and Lake Ozark. It's a great thing. In 10 years, we're going to have some of the best fishing there will be on those two lakes, but they're killing the others. If they would put that 34-inch rule, two over and the rest under, if they would put have on those lakes in the Mississippi and the Missouri River, in 10 years, it would be unbelievable. And it would stop a lot of these guys going out and spending their time and money going after these big fish to sell to these pay lakes and stuff because you can't spend that kind of money for two fish a day. You just can't do it. Uh, the guys uh, in, in the southwest Missouri area that say, well, we got to have the, the trot lines and we got to catch all them big fish to feed our family, then go get you a job. Every McDonald's I go by has got to help one at a time. If you need to feed your family, go get you a job. It's a lot cheaper to buy groceries than it is to buy a boat and gas and insurance and license and fishing rods and all the stuff it takes to catch them fish. It's cheaper just go to the grocery store and buy the stuff. So, so that's a poor excuse. That's just terrible. Yeah, there's no, uh, you know, that that's just people trying to, you know, to come up with an excuse. Is you know, that's all there is to it. Um, it is. You know, the, these guys have got to start. You know, I, I'm waiting, you know, on some type of an elite series or something to come out within catfishing. That that right there is when everything would change. You know, it it would only take a, a, a some type of series with, with a 50-boat limit, and I'm sure there's 50 guys uh, within a certain region that could make eight tournaments in a championship to right. actually do do something and you know when, when something like that finally happens i think it's going to be a huge deal um 
you know, that that's when sponsors are going to jump on board. And that's when things are really going to start happening. That's um, exactly right. You there, Chuck? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Some guy kicked me off for some reason. Huh. I'm on there twice now. <laughs> we're having some difficulties tonight, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna make it work. Uh, Seth, the uh, the the uh, you're right about the uh, about the uh, boards. Uh, you can back bounce with those. You can drag baits. One of the things that I think is going to be so great about that, uh, about these planer boards, is dragging baits on lakes and areas. Uh, on the Ohio River, when we go to some of them tournaments, there's never any current or, or no current for what I'm used to. And you could drag baits either down the river or if you wanted up the river and, and use them boards. And, and the thing that, that I like about them as much as anything is for, for us for years we've been bouncing and, and dragging baits and stuff and I've always put 10 footers out the side and and uh, the ones out the corner and then the ones down the back if we wasn't bouncing. If we was bouncing of course you're bouncing down through the back. But with the planer boards you don't have to use those long rods. Cindy can't get those out of a uh, out of the uh, rod holders, uh, and I'm sure that that Laura probably has the same issue. Uh, but if you can use a six or seven or an eight foot rod, whatever you want to do, and put that planer, but and you can get it at the bait further out to the side, make your your spread so much larger than you can with a 10-foot rod. They're, they're a great tool. A lot of people are going to be using them, and, and it does. You're right. It does work very well. Uh, Seth also says that his standard setup was two to four boards, two back-bouncing hand rods, or two boards, two hand-bouncing uh, poles, and two verticals off the side, which is, is basically the same thing. But, uh, but like Doc and I and Chuck was talking last week, one of the things that the churches has is that stern planer, which keeps it straight. Uh, you can put two of them straight out behind there, and they, they work out really, really well. And, boys, I'm sorry. You guys, Vince and, and Greg and some of you guys, you, you're going so fast with these messages in chat. I'm going to have to try to catch up with them. And... Uh, and, and see what all I've missed because I just uh, I couldn't I couldn't keep up with everything. Um, Chuck, what, you got anything else you want to go over tonight? Um, no, not not tonight. I'm good for tonight. Uh, okay. The um, I, I'm trying to run through some of this stuff right quick. I know that uh, I'm going to miss some of it because they was talking about the Baycat Advocate stuff and and uh, I, I didn't catch all of that. Um, you guys hear me? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, hang on. Jerry, Jerry, that that's a great name. The Elite Nationwide Series would be an awesome name if we could get enough of this put together. We actually worked on this before the Catfish Conference. Since we got back from the Catfish Conference, I've added and Directed. I have the paperwork drawn up to what would be a, a deal similar to that. It would be an outstanding organization, but I'd have to get a lot of participation. Some of the big names in catfishing that 
was really wound up about this, uh, was was very serious about it. Since then, I've sent him messages that have seemed to want to reply back, so I'm not sure where we're going to go with this, but it's something that at some point it's either going to take place or it's going to fall apart, and that's uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I, Seth, I understand that, that if you're going... If you're dragging bait and the current speed, if you're going down the current speed, they won't they won't go out. That's exactly right. But uh, in the current on the river, or when you're dragging bait and making your own current, they work really, really well. So is Doc in or is he out? Well, I'm in on my phone. I couldn't get the, okay. I couldn't get the computer to come online. So I lost. Well, we'll take it phone. that way. I, I'm not sure how much of the of, of what we've been uh, go, talking about that you've been up to speed on, but if you have anything to add to what we've been talking about as far as rules and and people abiding by them and then being the same for everybody or uh, anything like that, feel free to jump in there at any time. Yeah, I missed everything. So. Yeah, I thought you probably did, but yeah. um, uh, Seth McAllister is in our chat, and him and I have been discussing some of the the do's and things that work out really good with the planer boards, and and uh, you know, they're a wonderful tool. I know you're very familiar with them, probably as much so as any of us, and uh, uh, it's it's really awesome. I'm excited about the way these things work out. I really am, and, and the fact that they're so easy to use and and uh, stuff is just really cool. But you've been using them for a long time, haven't you, Doc? Uh oh yeah, uh, twenty years or so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On the, when I fished the lakes, and then I started fishing when I was fishing the river years ago. Uh, I was just using them to uh, get spreads so that the lines wouldn't get all tangled up behind the boat. That's exactly right. It's just wonderful, and and uh, like I say, for drifting, they're going to work out. They're going to work out for for anything that you do that has to do with catfishing. And uh, one of the things that that I was impressed with with these boards is. You can cast your line out and let it get down to the bottom and then set your board out at that point and let it take it out as far as you want to go and it'll hold your bait out that far. You don't yeah. have to just drop it over the side. You don't have to worry about how deep the the water is and how to set your board because it'll hold it out there at that distance uh, while you're doing it. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how much other stuff we need to go on. I just, you know, I thought that we need to go over some of these rules and stuff and talk about these tournament directors. We have some of the greatest people in catfishing running a lot of these tournaments, and uh, they're doing a really good job. There's only a few bad apples, and, and like I say, when you run into these people that are not doing it the way it should be done, or at least the way you don't feel it should be done, then just don't, don't support them. And uh, if enough people... Quit supporting those kind of people, then they'll be gone, and we won't have to worry about them. We'll have all the good stuff. Uh, it's just 
just the way it is and and uh, support the good guys. The guys are doing it right. The guys that are making the rules and sticking with them and making sure that everybody uh, is on the same playing field. Like I said at the beginning of the show, fellas, if you think that you're going to get rich fishing catfish tournaments, you probably ought to look into something else for a hobby because uh, I don't know of anybody that makes a living catfishing except a few of the guides. They make their living catfishing. That makes them a professional at it. The rest of us, we're not making a living catfishing. Probably never will be able to, but it doesn't make it any less fun. It's a blast. It's one of the most fun things I've ever participated in, but I don't expect to make money off of catfishing. I love the competition, and I know, Chuck, I know you do. You wouldn't fish all them tournaments if you if it wasn't for the competition level, and the competition level you got is pretty high. Right. Yeah, it makes you a better fisher. <clears throat> it absolutely does, and Doc has competed in tournaments for, my God, I don't know how many years, ever since I've known him. Bunch. <laughs> 19... Uh, <laughs> Bunch. I, I hate to say it, but 1990s. 1990s, yeah, yeah, that, that's a long time, and yeah. um, you know it, it. It's about you know you got to hit a lick once in a while. You got to get into money. You got a place to keep your interest peaked, uh, and not only that, but it helps offset some of the costs that you incur going to these tournaments. But but if you think you're going to make a living at it, it's it's uh, catfishing is not to that point yet. Now. Uh, when George Young gets his tournament going this fall, when we all end up down there in Memphis at the at the uh, at that big tournament, the guy that hits that's going to hit what is it, fourteen thousand now, Chuck? Dave minimum. And Doc? Yes, minimum. Minimum, 15. right? The minimum is right around fourteen grand. Uh, that's a pretty good payday for somebody. But I'm going to tell you. One of the things that, that I'm as happy about, and, and I believe this has the same thing at Monsters on the Ohio, is when you fish those tournaments, you get in a drawing for a new boat. Uh, who wouldn't want to win a new boat? I mean, that tracker that they're going to give away down there is an outstanding boat. Sea Ark has given away one for Aaron the last how many years? Two? Three? Two or three. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, you, you get entered in that stuff from entering these tournaments. These guys are going the extra mile to get the type of sponsors it takes. And, and, and it's not easy to get these kind of people in these tournaments to support them. It's not. I mean, um, none of these companies have to give that kind of prize away to be donated to a tournament series. It, it takes somebody that they trust and know that's going to be doing it right. You don't see too many of the others getting that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would love to win a boat. If I didn't win the tournament, I think I ought to win the boat. I, I don't know. <laughs> don't you, Chuck? That's right. Yeah, if you're not going to win the tournament, just pull my name out of the hat. Uh, I'll take the boat and be just as happy. Oh yeah. So, well, do you have any closing statements tonight, Chuck? I sure don't. Uh, no, the, okay. the you know the catfish are about uh, you know I think the spawn's on pretty good. So the next few weeks it's just going to be uh, you know getting equipment ready and and uh, all that for the the other half of the season. Okay, well we it, it's just starting up here, so I know we got it coming on. But you know there's some guys catching some pretty nice flathead now, so. 
uh, they'll come on after the, the spawn for those usually is after the, the blues and channel cats, so maybe we can get out and, and knock some of them out. Doc, what have you got for closing statements? You got any of the tournament uh, stuff in your area? No, not. there wasn't much happening this weekend. Uh, Vince had okay. one. Uh, Willie and Stacy Smith won that. And Brian Johnson came in. And then Willie and Stacy. I know that was a. Uh, that was thrown together for a yeah, last was, minute deal. Yeah, it was just a last second thing because that one tournament had been canceled. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it was a beautiful night. I mean, we just. Uh, the only time I had a rod go down was when I hung the tree. And, uh, <laughs> I, I just drowned bait. But. Daniel, he was happy. He uh, that was the first tournament we fished out of his boat, so we kind of, you know, it was more a shakedown cruise than anything, making sure everything. Mm -hmm. He didn't get to fill his live well up, test it out uh, with actual fish in it. He did it uh, in practice on CJ, but he didn't get to mm -hmm. do it there on Rocky Fork. But we had a good time. I mean, we enjoyed ourselves. It was a beautiful night. <coughs> Well, that's outstanding. You know, you guys had a good time. That's why you go to most of those. So, yeah, that, that's it, why we do it. It's a lot of fun going there and, and watching. Uh, you know, Willie's tough. He's. It doesn't matter where he fishes at. He is just one tough guy. And and he he told me he said I he called all his fish in this one little area. And he said I just kept dragging over top of it. And he said I'd pick <laughs> up here and there. So Heck yeah. He, he worked it hard. So, well, that's that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. I had a good time, but uh, my tip for tonight is uh, I know the spawn it, it's starting to come on, but now we're starting to see uh, some some heat during the day, uh, a lot of sunlight. Those of us that still use monofilament, uh, make sure that you guys uh, that do use monofilament. Your spare line, make sure you keep it covered up, keep it in a cool, dry place, away from the sunlight. That sunlight will really hammer that uh, monofilament. It'll make it it'll make it brittle. And if you are out there fishing a lot during the daytime, um, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, you know, every couple of weeks, two or three weeks, when that line's been sitting in that sun, is go ahead and just change it out. Because uh, it will it will make it brittle while it's out there, and that's Doc's that's tip a, of the night. That's a great tip, and and uh, you know monofilament is probably affected way way more by sunlight and, and uh, stuff than than braid ever will be. But right. braid's braid's not for everybody, and there's things it's good for, but it, it's hard to replace something that's been around as long as monofilament is a hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm old school. I've I've used monofilament my whole life, and uh, I like monofilament just for the fact that it stretches. Now, when right. I get it hung up, when I get it hung up, it's kind of tough to get off. But uh, you know, get it to break, <laughs> it wants to stretch. So I understand. But, I understand. Well, well that's, that's a great all tip. All right, thanks for that. Uh, I wanted to mention that. Uh, Twisted Cat Outdoors had a tournament at Nauvoo, Illinois over the weekend. Uh, Matt Marshall 
won the $500 Sea Ark drawing money. Now, fellas, when you come to fish one of these Twisted Cat Outdoor tournaments, if you are in a Sea Ark, it doesn't matter if you catch fish or not. If you enter the tournament, you are put into a random drawing. They will pull a name out of the hat for all of the Sea Ark owners that are in the tournament. Matt showed up and he caught some fish. He didn't get in. Uh, he didn't get in the money in the tournament, but he won five hundred dollars because he was in the Sea Ark drawing. So bear that in mind if you're in the area wow. fishing Twisted Cat Outdoor, sir. Hello. Uh, the winner of that tournament, the the winners of the Twisted Cat Outdoors tournament, was Mark Farrell and Joe Lucky. They won fifteen hundred and seven dollars. They had a big flathead of twenty three point six two pounds. Paid them three hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, if I remember correctly, ah, uh, here it is, seventy two point three pounds for total, and then the big fish twenty three. They had some great fish. Uh, for that far up the Mississippi River, when we go up there, I don't worry about flathead. Usually, I figure it's a channel cat tournament. They they put it on them, and if I remember correctly, that is the second year in a row they have won that tournament up there. Outstanding job, to Mark and Joe. You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming to the tournament. Uh, Ron King, John King, and Craig Simler, second place, six hundred and seventy dollars, forty three point four five pounds. Kyle Johnson, Tim, and Hayden Gunther, $502, 36.25 pounds. Uh, Quentin Ingram and Chris Augustine, $402 for fourth place, 32.58 pounds. And fifth place was Bobby Lee and Zach Sharp, uh, $267. And this tournament had enough entries, it paid six places. Cliff Miller and Josh Swan, now these boys are tough. They, they don't get... Uh, Get out a lot away from that area. $100 for sixth place, 28.82 pounds. But I see these guys out, and they are right there. They're tough competitors, and and, and I'm glad to see them make, make the show. Uh, um But yeah, that was a, that was an outstanding tournament. Alex does a wonderful job running them tournaments, and. And uh, you guys get a chance. You need to come over there and, uh, to our area and fish the Mississippi and 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 uh, jump in there and get them. Uh, I don't have any information for any other tournaments coming up uh, other than this weekend is the weekend for the uh, tournament in Quincy, Illinois, for for our soldiers. Uh, if you guys get a chance, you need to come up there and fish this. It is really, really important that uh, that we get as many people to show up to this as we possibly can. I'm trying to find. I forgot the name of it. Um, I get too many people sending messages to too many venues right now. I can't keep them up with them. But fishing, fishing for freedom, Quincy, Illinois. Uh, it'll start out uh, Thursday. They have trap shoots and all kinds of stuff, and then Friday they have their dinner for the for the uh, service guys and everybody involved in it. And then the tournament is Saturday, so uh, or Sunday. So you guys come out, and if you get a chance, uh, jump out there. There, if you fish for bass, if you fish for crappie, if you fish for catfish, they can always use an extra boater. If you get a chance, be sure and and uh, and help them out with that. But uh, 
with that, I think that that'll probably end the show for this evening. We'll try to get all of our our internet stuff uh, lined out for next week and uh, uh, make it happen. But go out and catch some fish this week before they all get on the spawn, everybody. For T Chuck Davison and Doc Lang, I'm Lyle Stokes. Thanks for watching Catfish Weekly. <laughs>